Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. Don't know if you can. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. So good. So good. So good. So today we're going to chat about Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. But first, mom, what have you been reading and watching? Okay. So, reading. I went and read the next book in the VIP series by Kristen Callahan. Called it was Fall. Fall, and it's Jax's book. It's the follow-up to Managed that we did last week. Yes. And I liked it okay. I didn't like it as well as Managed. I'm almost done with the Audible audio version of it. And um, not the first audiobook I would recommend. Um, his The guy who does the British accent for Jax... Sounds to me like an American doing a British, trying to do a British accent, and he's okay, but it's it's a little off-putting. It was I don't know, so it's not my favorite audiobook, but I'm liking the book. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, but I still think I like managed better. Likewise. Um, I like uh, Sophie. Right? Is that her name? Stella. Stella. Okay. Sophie was from managed. <laughs> I liked Sophie too. I like Stella okay, but but I liked Sophie better than Stella. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there were just things that came up in the book, and I was like, mm, really, is that the way they'd react? So, you know, there's some of that. But it was it was a fun read, and you know, I I loved the characters, and getting to know. I really want to see what happens with um. Rye and Brenna and Brenna. That's the one I'm most intrigued by. Yeah. And um, that book comes out in July, Yeah, right? I think so. So I read that book, and then I read Red, White, and Royal Blue. Okay. Yep. So I'm almost done with fall. Um, I've been listening to it on my commute. Um, and other than that, I have no life. It's a miracle. I fit <laughs> in those And we're books. struggling to see how we're going to fit in stuff the next... Well, Ellen is. I'm not. My life is easy <laughs> <Cake> peasy. <walk. laughs> Yeah, um, it's still kind of crazy for me. Now, watching, um, my husband and I went and saw A Quiet Place 2, but I had never seen A Quiet Place 1. Yes. So here's the way this went down. I My husband said, let's go see A Quiet Place 2. And I said, I haven't seen A Quiet Place 1. And he said, I have. I'll tell you all about it. So we get to the movie, and we're sitting there, and we're watching and I don't know if you're familiar with the movie, but it kind of goes back in time and shows you how this whole craziness started, and then it jumps forward again. And so I was like, well, what happened to this character? And what happened to this character? He's like, I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I was like, you are freaking useless. I, you <laughs> What's said, the point of you? You said, yeah. <laughs> Why did I even come with you? No, the um. so, you know, his, his good intentions were a moot point when yeah. he couldn't remember any of the first movie. Yeah. Other than that, um, we watched Loki. Loki. That's all I've watched, though. Yeah, we haven't really watched much because Ellen is super boring. Yeah, that's what I am. <laughs> I'm boring. Um, okay, so today we are chatting about Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Um, for the record, I looked it up because Casey McQuiston is non-binary and um, bisexual, but... Uh, she has listed on her Twitter that any pronouns are fine. 
So I'm going to use her just because I'm used to talking about authors as hers. (laughs) Um, So Red, White, and Royal Blue was her debut novel. Um, Her latest book, One Last Stop, just came out June 1st. So that's, you know, pretty fresh on the market. Um, Here is the back cover description for Red, White, and Royal Blue. When his mother became president, Alex Claremont Diaz was promptly cast as the American American equivalent of a young royal. Handsome, charismatic, genius, his image is pure millennial marketing gold for the White House. There's only one problem. Alex has a beef with the actual Prince Henry across the pond. And when the tabloids get hold of a photo involving an Alex Henry altercation, U.S.-British relations take a turn for the worse. Heads of family, state, and other handlers devise a plan for damage control, staging a truce between the two rivals. When what at first begins as a fake Instagrammable friendship grows deeper and more dangerous than either Alex or Henry could have imagined. Soon Alex finds himself hurtling into a secret romance with a surprisingly unstuffy Henry that could derail the campaign and upend two nations and begs the question, can love save the world after all? Where do we find the courage and pow- and the power to be the people we are meant to be? And how can we learn to let our true colors shine through? Casey McQuiston's Red, White, and Royal Blue proves true love isn't always diplomatic. Mom, what did you think of Red, White, and Royal Blue? Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say I loved this one. I love their romance. I love yeah. their story. I love the side characters. I love her writing. I yeah. love um, the banter. Mm-hmm. There was just I love so much. I had one. Just a personal, this is just a personal thing, quibble. Um, I'm not a huge fan of reading books about politics, especially modern day politics. And the reason is, is because I feel like our political scene now has moved into a very um, unhealthy uh, feeling of, you know, if you don't agree with me, I hate you and, you know, you're stupid. And um, I don't think that that's a... A good place for us to be going as a nation but um and there were shades of that in this book and that was just a little off-putting and i think whether you agree it's left right and center it's all over politics it's you know even if i agree with the politics in the book i don't like to have to read that kind of stuff so um it's generally why we avoid social media uh except for romance i will groups. literally get rid of friends who post a lot of politics on i mean if one you, way or the other yeah either if you even if you're left right or center i don't want to read your politics i really don't care and um so that's just a personal thing for me so it was just some of the politics of the book i didn't enjoy reading but once we were into their story I really enjoyed all of that. I mean, yeah. a lot. I really liked their romance and their... Yeah, I'm also going to go with love. I, especially like when I was going back through it and reading all of my highlights and stuff. First of all, because um, this book gets into like a lot of serious stuff. And so I wouldn't say it's like a laugh out. Well, I wouldn't say it's like a laugh riot, but there's a lot of times where I laughed out loud, like, and, um, so there's a lot of funny stuff, which, you know, we like, um, my tiny quibble is the pacing felt a little off to me sometimes, but there's a lot of ground to cover here timeline wise. So it wasn't a huge deterrent, but sometimes I was like, what? And then, um, 
in the beginning because there's so many side characters that I really grew to love. Um, but in the beginning, I was like, wait, who are these people? Like, <laughs> who is who? I was having a hard time keeping track of that. And but. sometimes she would refer to them by the first name and sometimes, well, like. Yeah, his mom. His mom was president. the president, the mom, and then Ellen. And I'm like, wait, who's Ellen? I'm like, oh, she's the president. Oh, okay. okay got uh, it. It's his mom. Which is awesome. Uh, and Luna, you know, sometimes he referred to him as Raphael, sometimes Raph, yeah. sometimes Luna. So, and so it's like, wait, I can't keep all these different names that you have for him in yeah. my brain. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's a very, like, epic romance because the stakes, you know, yes. like the stakes are so high that it just all felt very sweeping and epic. Yeah, it just felt like bigger than a lot of the romances that we read. Well, um, and everything is, you know, anytime they wanted to see each other, they had to go on a 10-hour flight. And... Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there was just so much, you know, at stake if they were found yes. out and all this stuff. Yes, and it, it was, was crazy. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Casey McQuiston and I could hang because there's Star Wars, Jane Austen, and Drag Race references a plenty, And those are basically the three pieces of pop culture that like sum me up as a person. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I was. And on she board. writes a romance novel. So. <laughs> yeah. so all of those things. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about more of why. I mean, I don't. We're not even going to really talk about more of anything that I didn't like because it's all very. It's all what I just said. It's very insignificant. Um, so what did you think of. Alex as our kind of lead hero, certainly with whom we spend the POV with, oh, yes. right? Yes. Um, so what did you think of Alex? I liked Alex. I, I liked Alex a lot. I liked, well, I'm going to give away. I liked both these guys. Um, uh, no, I liked Alex and I liked, <laughs> I guess, going on his journey of discovery with him because it's not yeah. something I've ever read before. But yeah. there, was, <laughs> there were so many times I'm like, really? And you didn't think that that... <laughs> You that didn't ring any. Yeah, didn't make you think, <laughs> question your sexuality in any way. And that never came up before. I know it's kind of sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really love Alex. It took me a second because um, I did, and I still do have a hard time kind of buying that someone who wants to be a politician this bad is so outwardly rebellious. Like it seems like everyone. I know who, like, has any inclinations toward politics is, um, I don't know, somewhat serious. Yeah. And I don't, so, I don't know. That's just well, been my experience. They seem and... to, to, like, get away from their Secret Service. I was always wondering, like, how are they doing this without, like, where's the Secret Service at, at this point? And yeah. anyway, that, I don't that's just the mother um, in me concerned about these children. Yeah. And I, <laughs> listen, when I say, like, rebellious, I know that politicians are not angelic obviously um but he just he seemed like slightly naive about how politics work for someone who's so close to it but he's just a scrappy little idealist and I like by at the end of the day I just had to love him for it you yeah. know even though I was like I had a hard time <laughs> buying it sometimes um I you know I I walked away loving him because he's, he, um, he's just a sweetheart. And yeah, he is, he's so hopeful and yeah, yeah. sweet and, um, wanted good things for everybody. And yeah. Yeah. And, um, wanted to go about it the right way by, you know, working hard and being honest and ethical. And so, 
Yeah. You you gotta love him for yeah. it. <laughs> he was. I loved his relationship with. Well, I'm sure you're gonna ask about side characters, but with his sister, and yes. and actually his family was awesome. And um, yeah, and so. his family because they weren't perfect. None no, of them. No. And so um, they felt like a real family who right. would be in that situation, who would be a president and a senator. Well, are you going to ask me a question about the side characters yes, later? Yes, I am. Okay, then I won't go into any okay. more. Jeez okay, jeez Louise. Well, because I, I have more to say, but okay. I don't want to, you know, premature, premature, you know, ejaculation of the, <laughs> of the information. Okay. Seems like there's a better way. To just... Nope. That's the only way you can say it. <laughs> and we're sticking with it. <laughs> Um, okay, what did you think of Henry as our other hero? I well, I I like the way she had it all set up where he seemed like this totally uptight, stuffy, stuffy guy. Which and, you know, he's British, so yeah, to a certain degree yeah. there. Well, we won't we don't want to be putting off our British <laughs> listeners in any way, but we love all y'alls. But um uh no, I thought but he turned out to be, you know, quite a sweet yeah, fun character yeah um i need to say we're gonna talk about this a little bit later too but the things he writes like his writing and therefore casey's writing is just so romantic i was like man if there was a guy writing letters like this to me i would be like yeah that's why alex was all in (laughs) i would be like alex or i'm just like well and then when fly across the ocean all that winds up in the newspapers i'd be like horrified (laughs) i know (laughs) i i thought that was gonna happen because there was well we're gonna talk about that um yeah, don't premature ejaculate your opinions, Ellen. <laughs> oh no, is that going to become a thing? <laughs> yes, it's going to become a thing. <laughs> uh, um, I love Henry too, but he's much more understated than Alex is. Well, I think that's just his character. Too. Yeah, and but um, yeah, the things that like came well, out and of him. Bless were... his sweet heart because he was just up against it. I know. And that's, see, that's what I mean when I talk about Alex being somewhat naive. I'm like, do you, do you not get it? And maybe it's just because, okay, well, we're going to talk about this too, but maybe it's just because of current events that I'm like, do you not get that this is like how they operate? Yeah. And yeah, like, seriously. That he's, I was thinking that same thing too. Way like... more <laughs> up against it than, than you are. And, um, with news stories that have been coming out lately. Yeah. Um, we know it's a tough, tough yeah. family over there. Yeah. Um, he also sounded super dreamy. And <laughs> I know that obviously he is supposed to be like a Harry who, swings both ways um obviously but not to say that we don't i mean i don't know what harry is into um (laughs) no judgment it real like when uh when alex would crush on his little tiger beat of yeah of henry um i kept thinking because i used to have like when i was like 10 years old i had the biggest crush on prince william and so it really made me think of my prince william crushing days and now harry's the one that's now harry is the dreamy one (laughs) but i yeah around that time i was she was huge i was all about prince william (laughs) she was all about prince william and so it was really making me think about that um Okay, let's talk about, well, we just re- referenced it. Let's talk about Casey McQuiston's freaking soothsayer predictive powers. So much of this was ringing Harry and Meghan bells and election bells. Yeah. And there's just a lot of stuff that became, like, way more eerily prevalent. Well, and almost to the point where I'm like, wow, she's kind of ballsy. 
writing this. And I was like, well, she's writing all this before any of this other stuff happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to draw parallels to Harry and Meghan yeah. with um, all the bullshit that like they've gone through and all the stuff that that uh henry sees so henry and it's hard, alex it's yeah. hard when you're talking harry about harry and henry yeah. two different characters two different things one yeah. real one fake um and and then i kept thinking just based on how much we're seeing about harry and megan if if this was a thing that yeah. happened the media would not shut up about it for at least a year and then even then it would just always be a news story. However, and and this kind of came out in the book though is cuz the whole time I was reading it's like are the is the public really going to be against this that much? I don't think the public no, would I be. Th- and and I I knew that that was going to happen. Yeah. I knew the public was going to be like this is awesome. This is so cute. Yeah. Yay. Like I knew like Twitter would <laughs> and BuzzFeed would be nuts about it. Um but I knew that the royal, royal family, family was going to be a problem with it. Yeah. And you know, I love that his mom, like, got behind him and is just like, this is happening. Yeah. So. And I will kick you off that throne, lady, if you... And tower to the moms in this story. Both yeah. of them. Yeah, because, um, yeah, because I liked that his mom, you know, you kind of questioned how his mom was going to react, but at the end of the day, she was like, well, I got you. Or like, well, the first thing out of her mouth is, how are you? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. You know, what? Okay. Now, first and foremost, you're my son. I'm going to deal with yeah. you first. I'm going to be your mom after this is all. I was your mom before this. Right. I was your mom. I'm going to be your mom after this. So that's what's more important to me. Like. Yeah. And I loved that. So. Yeah. Me too. Um, that's like how you would hope that a parent would handle it. Yeah. Um, and in terms of like the election stuff, um, I don't know if you got this, but this book made me feel Pretty patriotic, strangely. <laughs> yeah. Because, I don't know, yeah, politics over the past decade, like we were saying, have been pretty ugly. And not... Well, especially recently. And it's and it's very anti-American. The politics have become that way. Like, just well, anti-America. Can I say that? Not anti-American. Sure. I mean, but whatever. You can have... You can have anti... I don't... Right. I don't right. want to say that, like, you can be upset with how, about... Things that are going on in the country. I'm, I'm not saying don't feel that way. But this book made me feel, like, pretty hopeful and kind of proud of our democratic process. Yes. Does that make sense? And especially, like, I get the feeling that Casey McQuiston, I don't want to, like, put words in her mouth, but I get the feeling that maybe she's not a huge fan of, like, the imperialism of England. <laughs> so, is she British or is she American? American. She's, like from Louisiana, I think. Um, and I don't know. So it just, it made me proud that like, I don't know. We seem less. Yes. I don't know. I I get where you're going. Ruled by a monarch. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. As we are. Yeah. (laughs) Which was, you know, why we fought a war. In terms of that, I really liked all the stuff that Henry would say, like, and especially when he like finally was, you know, coming out to his brother and things like that. And he's just like, listen, we've had Nazis and right slave owners and all, we've had all of this on the throne, but you can't have a guy who loves a guy. Like yeah, that's, this is going to be the thing that breaks us. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a no, no, but all this other's like, you know, you can't, 
we have to be willing to find to admit where we've done wrong and yeah. you know i don't know perspective so, on all these things yes there's there there's a good way um and i i really liked all the like first family history and stuff that was in there um cuz we kind of get into us history stuff and I liked all of that, and it really reminded me of this Meg Cabot book that I loved when I was in high school called All American Girl, where she kind of starts dating a first, well, a first we, son. We love, you know, the Austin references, and yeah, because Ellen used to live in Austin, and oh, that Austin, yes, not Jane Austen, yeah, yes, well, um, Jane Austen too, but no, Austin, she, Texas. She really and like, there's, I mean, she's obviously at least spent time in Austin because. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, those are all like my old stomping Franklin Barbecue. <laughs> Franklin Barbecue, Zilker Park, uh, yeah, Barton Zilker Key Park. Creek, which I lived right by Barton Creek. So, um, yeah, all that stuff was just making me really happy. And, um, and yeah, I love Austin. It's the best. Um, okay, let you kind of touched on this already, but let's talk about Alex's sexual identity crisis. Oh, my gosh. Um, I really loved that, first of all, because... A lot of it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> I was just cracking up. I was just like, okay, so you did this when you were a teenager, or at least a young adult, and never questioned if that was... <laughs> well, I love... I, I mean, like, my favorite part was him calling Liam and just like, hey, so remember that stuff that we did when we were teenagers? <laughs> is, is that... Like, would you say that that is gay? <laughs> and he's like, are we really having this conversation? <laughs> Well, I'm gay. <laughs> so. <laughs> um. Yeah, that whole thing. Because, first of all, it's nothing I've ever read before. And it was just kind of fun to be in his head when he was going through that process. And, um, uh, you know, another thing that's like, way on you, girl, to take that on. because Well, and it, um, it felt authentic. Yes. I mean, like, I'm not bisexual and um and you're not but, a guy and you're and, not and i'm so there's not a lot so i can't like really say it if it's authentic but um but it seemed authentic to that experience and my understanding of it in that it's kind of like well i like girls still like i've i've had fun with girls so i can't be gay so then like what does that make me and he's like oh i'm bisexual <laughs> on that whole conversation he has with henry when Henry's like yeah you're bisexual i'm super gay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like okay that's cool i'm super gay <laughs> um so i i just liked all and i liked when henry was talking to his family and um he's like philip I've been gay since I came out of our mother. Because <laughs> Philip was like, maybe we can fix you or, you know, <laughs> I'm using air quotes, or um, maybe we can, you know, figure out something. And he's like, we'll pay a woman to marry you. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like, I've been gay since I came out of mom. <laughs> it's not like this is something that's going to change anytime yeah. soon. Um, yeah, so I, um, I really liked that representation. I liked, you know, like, because our other male male look that we've talked about on the podcast is um, boyfriend material, and they were just both already out and both gay, and so um, I liked kind of seeing some a representation of us coming out of sorts, you know, right. um, and and just kind of seeing the the interplay that goes on in yeah. his in his head for that his thought process through all that, yeah. 
Um, okay, let's talk about the emails and texts oh because that's really where I got like most of the romance from this book. I mean, they have sex and all that stuff and that's all great and good. But like I said, it was just so like all the like, I felt like all the swoon was in the emails. Well, and, texts. and she did a good job of doing like Henry's voice and Alex's voice in them because they were very different. And um, well, and one of the listeners points out, and this is a really good point, um, and we'll shout you out when I read it later, but because I can't remember who said it, um, but that especially with the third person um, POV, it was nice to have the emails and letters where it was their first person, you know, where we got Henry's in their POV. Yeah. And like from their right. voice, you know, um, rather than just the third person kind of storytelling. Yeah. That we were getting throughout the book. Um, but no, yeah, those were great, especially the emails. Yeah. And, um, and I loved all of the, um, like quotes from letters and yeah. s- like from his historical figures and stuff that they would include and how they kind of became, you know, and theirs some in of a way. the story was told through the emails. And yeah, for sure. So it was, yeah, I thought especially it was like well used. Yeah, especially the interpersonal like development. I right. thought a lot of it was coming through the emails. Um, but there's just also a lot of funny stuff like him telling uh, Henry that his he was watching the Bond movie marathon and he's like, I don't know if you know this, but your dad was kind of a babe. He's like, do not say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, when. I think it's Henry that says it. He says, the phrase, see attached bibliography is the single sexiest thing you've ever written <laughs> yeah, to me. Alex says it. <laughs> but then Henry. Yeah, yeah that was cute. Yeah. They were There's cute. just a lot of. A lot of cute back and forth in the emails. Yeah. Um, okay. So the conflict, which. So they kind of have, I guess, two. Sort of. They have the. They have when Henry pulls away from Alex, and that's kind of more their interpersonal thing. And then there's, um, which I love that scene, which Mom and I have already talked about that scene to each other, but where he just shows up at Kensington Palace and is just like, get your ass out here. You are are not ghosting me. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, make me a brown John Cusack. I thought that was good. so I love that scene and I, and you know, they resolve that. I like that. He's just like, okay, this isn't happening. You're not just freaking ghosting me. And yeah. he shows up and they just have it out. And then they realize like, no, I don't want to break up with you. I love you. Let's do this. Um, and then there's kind of the obvious inevitable. We could see it coming a mile away. Yes. Um, and where... They get exposed. I mean, I didn't know that it was going to happen exactly how it did, but um, they get exposed. I really didn't. I well, I was really shocked that all of the emails. Yeah, that was came out. I thought like some of them were going to get leaked, but when all of them, I'm like, oh my gosh. But the thing with that is, and I think that's why they had so much support because there's no way. You could read all of those and be like, oh, sex scandal. Like, if you read all of those emails, it's like... They're obviously in love. Yeah. And it's not, like, just a... They're not just sending, like, booty call, you know, sex... Or dick dick pics to each other constantly or whatever. Um, So, uh, I thought it was kind of 
ridiculous, but that, you know, the initial. Well, and I don't think, it. I don't think it was. I think people who read it, you know, cause they had t-shirts made with quotes from the emails and things yeah. like that. And, um, so I think it kind of backfired on him in some yeah. ways, because I think if he had just leaked, you know, like bits and pieces of the emails, that would have been different. But if yeah. getting the whole emails, I think everybody sees, oh yeah, these, this is, they're obviously madly in love with each other. Yeah. And, and yeah. really sweet and super romantic. Yeah. And like, come on guys. Look at these cute boys. Um, and this happens before it, but I just have to shout it out. I love his mom's PowerPoint. We're exploring your sexuality. Healthy, but does it have to be with the Prince of England? <laughs> well, the whole part was like, really? She went to all the trouble to make a PowerPoint? That seems like... I don't know. That's just as funny. And then we was talking to his dad, and he was like, yeah, there was a PowerPoint. He's like, that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> it sounds like your mother. Um, but yeah, so... I mean, and basically everything went down how I was expecting it to. Um, like we said, like I, I, I thought that the public would be cool. In fact, if the public wasn't cool, I was going to be like, I don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least the general consensus, you know. I mean, obviously there's going to be idiots. I mean, who yeah, have there's still going to be people say, out there who, who but, would be um, against it, obviously. But it just seems like in this day and age, the general consensus would be, you know what, let them live their lives. Yeah. And that they would think it's cool. That, like, yeah, they're making history. That yeah. there's the first gay prince and all that stuff. Um, anyway, so, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about conflict? Mm-hmm. No. It was, it was one of those where it doesn't even, I don't know how to explain this. It didn't feel like a conflict. I mean, it just no, felt like part of the story. that's why I said it's like, it's, yeah. they sort of have a conflict, but it's... It's more I, of just part of the story that... The epic story that we were reading. Yeah. And, so. and like I said, it was inevitable. <laughs> you knew that that's what was going to You knew happen. it was going to come. Um, okay. Let's take a moment to talk about the side characters. I loved all of them. I did too. Um, Nora and June were super cute. Super I think cute. there's something going on between Nora and know. June. Well, Nora obviously is attracted to June or has feelings for June, but June... And seems... there's like obviously something that happened between Nora, June, and Pez, Pez. that night. You know? Whatever. <laughs> they got up to Whatever some. Whatever your boat. <laughs> they, got, they got up to some shenanigans. Um, I it's really funny like... to me that Pez, because Pez seems more flamboyant. Yeah, but that's, you know. Just, and, like, just, I think Pez is supposed to be kind of more gender fluid. Um, and, yeah. where, and, and then he's best friends with Henry, who's very straight-laced, but not very straight. <laughs> yeah. <So>. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. Um, I really liked B a lot. I liked kind of her journey taking place in the background. Yes. Um, in fact, I would, I'm would. i here for, like, a B romance. Yeah, B was cute. Um, and I just loved her, like, devotion and, like, support of her brother. I thought that was super <laughs> Like sweet. when Philip came to her and he said, well, can I help with anything? She's like, no. And then later... We don't need you. Go away. <laughs> and then later, like, well, maybe we should let him... And she's like, no, we need to give him at least six months to feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I agree with that. Like, <laughs> give him some time to stew and miss us yes. and realize he's being a jackass. Um, and yeah, I liked that uh, Caroline, Henry's mom, eventually came around. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, I don't think she was ever against him. She just was kind of in no, her, but lost was, in her little stupor. Yeah. And, um, you know, so she was she able, maybe she needed this to kind of shake yeah. her out of all that. It's so, true. Um, I liked Ellen. Cool name. 
she's president. I would not want to be president, but power to <laughs> my fellow Ellen. Um, no, I yeah, like I said, I loved when she's just like, okay, I'm your mom first. So, yeah. you know, I'm not, the other stuff we and can figure know, out. And you know, I think it's, I think, um, I think it's fair of her to say, are you sure about it? Because I don't want to go to all this freaking work if yeah. you're not sure Yeah, this is just, you know, like a fling. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Um, and But then as soon as he's like, yeah, she's like, okay, let's, I'm, I'm with you. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. You know? Um, I liked Leo, who's not like in it very often. He's just kind of always in the kind background. Background character. Puttering yeah. around, like <laughs> arranging his comic memorabilia. Love it. Um, I liked Cash. Yeah. Uh, I liked Zara. Uh, I, in fact, I loved Zara. Zara. She, <laughs> I don't know. That might be my sweetest. That might be one of my sweetest moments. When her and, and um, Sean. Sean. <laughs> are in the Sean. car and she's like, you know, oh, we just banged it out last night. And then they don't even look at each other, but they high five each other. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, they're great. Amy, David the Beagle. Who- <laughs> That seems like a copycat name. <laughs> Steve the Beagle is sitting right next to me. So obviously, I love beagles with human names. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say about the side characters is, because we've talked about this before, is the nothing, I mean, there's a lot of freaking representation in these side characters, but none of it felt like tokenism. Forced. Yeah, or forced, you know, like a forced character just to... Show your wokeness. And um, it, because they all had a personality. They all had a backstory. They they all had a part in the book, a part in the story. Had a presence in the story. And I liked all of it. So. And I liked their little gang of friends that like becomes a thing. And yeah, uh, yeah, I loved all that. I thought it was a hoot. Okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. Um, Okay. There's a lot of it that takes place. Mm -hmm. But. It's all described in pretty vague, like, through a shroud of mystery. (laughs) So it still felt pretty mom-friendly to me. Agree or disagree? I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I I wasn't... I didn't find any of it off-putting or, you know, too much. Yeah. Um... And I thought all the, like, sneaking around was pretty hot. Like, yeah. that and that adds a level of, like, sauciness to yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Um, and I loved the scene after the polo match <laughs> where he's just, because he's been watching him do it. He's, Alex has been watching Henry during this polo match this whole time. He's like, why is this working for me? Like, <laughs> him riding this horse in this stupid get-up. It looks so uptight, but man, is it getting me going. And then they get back in the stables, and he's like, you look so stupid. I hate you. <laughs> and he's like, do you want me to? No, he's like, no, leave it on. <laughs> I just, I love that scene. It was great. Um, yeah, I, so. Yes. Very good imagery, our not imagery, but you can visualize all this crazy stuff that's going yeah. on. Her writing is great. Yeah, her, it amazing. is great. She's, she does a really good job. Um, and everything, yeah, it was all, like, and even, she really sets the scene. So, like, even when they're at the election and there's all these people, but you knew what everybody was doing yeah, without, you, like, being focus, overwhelmed. Right. And, um, yeah, so it was really good. Um, what was your swooniest moment? Well, I really did like the scene in the car with Zara and uh, 
Yeah. Sean. But back to our boys. I yeah. think his Stella moment where he goes to London and he's outside yelling at Henry. I think that's my, I call it a Stella moment because of Streetcar Named Desire where he's out in the street yelling, Stella. Yeah. So this is Henry, him out there yelling, Henry. <laughs> um, and yelling curses at him. And it was awesome. Anyway. Uh, well, besides the emails, which as I've, I've right. already said, are very swoony. Um, I'm going to go with when the news first breaks about them and they're kind of driving around London, I think, and they see all these, they see crowds and they see like murals and all this stuff that's going up and there's, uh, somebody's done like a painting of them as Han and And Leia. And Miami. And, um, and, uh... I mean, this just, like, really made my Star Wars heart swoon, is he takes a picture of it and tweets, never tell me the odds. Yes. And I was like, oh. Oh, Star Wars quote. (laughs) And it's super sweet. It is super sweet. Um, So I just, I, I loved that. That was good. There were actually multiple times I teared up in this book. Yeah, because it's really sweet. Yeah. And, um, like I said... Hopeful and moving. And then standing and... up for each other. And yeah, I just, I loved it. I mean, yeah. there was just a lot of times. And then, you know, just the the way the crowds were reacting. I kind of teared up when he was driving around and seeing everybody, you know, showing support, wearing the yeah. t-shirts. And I was like, oh. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, okay. Uh, let's hear from some of you as to what you thought. Uh, Arthur sent us an email. Our buddy Arthur. And said, hi, Ellen and Mom. I read Red, White, and Royal Blue early on when I got into the rom-com genre about a year and a half ago. And I've absolutely loved it ever since. I can't wait for the Amazon original adaptation. What? And the entire time I was reading this, I'm like, this has to be made into a movie. Like, it's (laughs) perfectly set up for that. And Arthur's right. It got picked up for an Amazon original movie. Well, of course it did, because we're doing a podcast on it. Um, Anyway, Arthur continues. Enemies to lovers is one of my favorite tropes, so it's great to see Casey McQuiston put her queer spin on it. The witty banter, outstanding prose, and diverse cast of supporting characters all enrich the love story between Alex and Henry. Seriously, though, didn't they ever hear of burner email accounts? <laughs> Thanks for reading my email, and I can't wait to tune in to your review. Sincerely, Arthur. It's funny, because later on, someone does mention something about a burner email account, yeah. and I'm like, come on, guys, get with the program. Yeah. Why can't you be doing that? Seems like that should just be, like, a given when you are... I think, though, at the end of the day, they were just happy it all came out, because I, I, think, I think they were both... Well, and I... Yeah, pushed I mean, them both to just make the move. And... Henry even said, like... I'm I'm not mad it's out there. I'm not or something like yeah. not, I'm not mad people know. I'm kind of just upset with how it happened. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like that it wasn't on their terms. Which yeah, obviously. Obviously. Um Catherine says, Oh, I really hope you like it. Is it weird that I'm nervous what you'll think of it? <laughs> you should be no, I'm just kidding. Um she says, it just means so much to me. I know you were worried in the past about it being new adult, but at least for me, when new adult is set outside of a college setting and doesn't have the stereotypical alpha big man on campus tropes, it feels more just like a new, a, a romance between slightly younger people. Totally agree. Um, and my thing with new adult is sometimes I just don't love the kind of 
teenage angst into adulthoodness yeah. of it because it's like you guys are grown-ups now you need to start <laughs> acting, acting like, like it so that's just kind of but more... these guys were good and in fact to the point where because i'm not used to reading about such young characters yeah and and so when he was thinking about going back to law school i was like Oh, come on, you got to get your life going. And I was like, oh, wait, he's only 21 years old. <laughs> yeah, 22, I think. Yeah, I I agree. And, um, yeah, somebody has a comment about that later. We'll talk about it then, too. Um, Catherine continues. Um, this book turns my little Texas heart to mush. Yes. All of my friends have a hard time believing Casey McQuiston isn't from Texas because she really captures how... Uh, certain things feel like as a Texan as so well. I've definitely used this one as a first romance book recommendation for some friends, and it's been super well received. The president's reaction to Alex coming out felt kind of harsh, but also realistic to her character. I didn't think it felt I didn't harsh. Felt harsh. I, I mean, you get where she has to come from. I mean, she's yeah. got to think. She's got to think of the whole package of what's yeah. going down and but but she know, was first never and foremost like... she was supportive of her son yeah. so um and then she Catherine continues um i imagine you don't become president without being a little rude slash tough and then she says editing to add i'm rereading and she's a lot nicer about it than i had remembered those though she does fire him yeah but she kind of fires him because it's just like the potential for Scandal, yeah. It's bad, and maybe just, and listen, he probably shouldn't have been, I don't know, working that hard anyway with all that going on, so whatever. Um, my one quibble is that this came out at the same time as The Unhoneymooners, and they were both these huge romance books of the summers about Mexican-Americans written by white people, and it felt weird to me that no one said anything about that, and it stood out to me during our trope challenge last year during Hispanic Heritage Month that there weren't that many Mexican-American or Latino romance writers out that we could think of. I would love to see more romance novels by Latinas as well. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I I think it was nice to have kind of um, his mixed heritage as a aspect of his character. Um, but I get, like, back-to-back -back kind of yeah, with both of them at the same time, it's a little bit like, oh, that's interesting. Mainly, it's just like, I don't think that they should be, you know, like, shamed for trying to, like, add that representation to their books. But it seems like, yeah, we need more representation by actual yeah, Mexican-American yeah. authors and things. Um, Catherine continues, overall, this is such a fun read. Still makes you cry, though, and feel all the feels. I have a soft spot for the modern royals trope. I don't know what it, it it is that gets me every time. And in a current setting, a few years after it's come out, this book makes me think of about Kamala Harris's stepkids and Joe Biden's grandkids who seem to be around the same age as Alex, June, and Nora. Um, cute. Um, Elizabeth says, I'm excited you're finally reading this one. I read it last year. I was putting it off for a while because there was so much hype around it and I and didn't want to be disappointed. But luckily, I was not. I loved this book. It was romantic, funny, heartbreaking, and sweet all at the same time. This was a nice fantasy world to live in for a few hours. It made me happy. I loved both Henry and Alex and their banter was great. They are both such well-rounded and complex characters. My only complaint was this book seemed too perfect. <laughs> I would call this a fantasy because it is very unbelievable. 
believable, the royal family stuff, at least in the year 2020 when I read it. Also, I adored how Henry loved watching the Great British Bake Off. Me too, Henry. Me too. <laughs> yes, As me too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's just another thing that I was like. Well, even in her acknowledgments at the end when she talks about it being like an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. And when it's described that way, because it obviously is, I mean, it's not. Well, and somebody says it was originally um, Harry Potter fan fiction about Harry and Draco. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It makes sense. But... It does, but it kind of, that would be weird for reading. No, okay. I'm not even going to get in the whole fan fiction world, but um, I appreciate uh, that whole, you know, alternate universe, which it would have to be because, you know, none of the characters. That's not how 2016 went. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not how 2020 went. Um, but anyway, uh, so when you think of it that way, instead of, you know, comparing yeah, but it's it too like, much to what we have going on. Yeah, and it's it's like I said, it's like it is somewhat fantasy, but it's also kind of nice. and makes It makes, like I said, made me feel a little bit more hopeful, hopeful about yes the state of our country and things like that, which I think, I think we all need a little dose of right now in, in the climate that we're in. Um, Deanna says, lived up to all the hype, but it took a bit before I liked Alex. I read this last August while our presidential election was starting to ramp up. So it was weirdly on point with what was currently happening. Yeah. Uh, The storyline about Texas turning into a swing state in particular made me LOL because I was reading about a fictional attempt as an actual attempt was taking place. And they came pretty close. (laughs) Um, Christina says, I adore this book and can't wait for you guys to read it. It made me literally laugh out loud so many times and it was just so wonderful. Um, And I included that one because, yeah, it, I, I, like I said, it's like, you forget that this book is as funny as it is because yeah. there's, like I said, it's so epic and there's so much big stuff happening, but there's a lot of really funny stuff. I also <laughs> like the headline, uh, don't let the first sun go down on me. <laughs> that made me, that made me LOL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd have to wonder like what kind of, uh, Editorial. I mean, it's probably like one of those trash mags that's putting that as their headline, but still got a good chuckle out of it. Um, Cassie says, the first time I read this book was right before the pandemic hit and was at the peak of all the hype surrounding this book. I really disliked a lot about this book when I first read it. I always loved the banter between Alex and Henry, but I didn't like the third person limited writing and I wanted a little bit of Henry's POV. My least favorite thing was the politics in the book. Well, as if I didn't know this already, a reread of this book was now has now confirmed. Living through the pandemic has changed me. I did a complete 180 and absolutely adored everything about this book upon rereading it. The banter. The banter is everything. The self-discovery coming-of-age journey for Alex was sweet. Something that really stood out to me while rereading was just how romantic this book was. Yes. Whenever Alex called Henry baby, my heart melted, and I don't usually care for that specific term of endearment. Agree. I agree. I liked, I thought it was cute in this book, but I, it usually bugs me. Yeah, I don't love, especially, like, an excess of babies, but um, I think it was just because um, I thought it was how, how she described it where, um, you know, he can tell that he likes it just from this little, like, look he gets on his face. smirk on his face. And so then he's like, I'm going to keep using it. (laughs) And so... This is definitely a book that you would feel different about depending on when you read it. If I had read this during the election, because, by the way, I hate the election. I hate everything about it. I hate going through it. I hate it on the news. I hate 
crap in the, the mail. Only, I hate that's everything. Like, that was my thing. I said was like the only pro about the about coronavirus was that it took away a lot of the media attention from like hearing about the election for eight oh, months. Gosh. You know before it happened, and it was still terrible. Yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway, I if I had read this during election, I probably would not have liked it on one just because. You know, so just yeah. reading it now when we're kind of away from all that, I enjoyed it more than I think I would have. Yeah. Um, uh, the way Alex... Oh, this is Cassie still. The way Alex would reach out and call Henry for support slash friendship when they were just getting to know each other. Oh, yeah, that was sweet. The third person limited writing didn't really bother me this time around, and the politics were kind of a nice wish fulfillment, especially with the focus on Texas in particular. I walked away from this reread feeling joyful, and that's no small feat in the current times we're living in. I'm so glad I gave this book a second chance. Also, I've fallen down a bit of a Harry Potter fan fiction rabbit hole <laughs> since the pandemic started, and I would love to read this in its original form as Draco and Harry fanfic. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see the connections to where you I know. can too even the descriptions yeah um Jess says I listened to the audiobook back pre-pandemic times and absolutely adored it it took a little while to get into the third person limited point of view but once I was in the book really took off for me I loved Alex and Henry the banter the text emails and all the communications the side characters were wonderful too I laughed I teared up and I was left with such a happy heart I thought the narrator was perfect for Alex and the rest of the characters if audiobooks are your thing Final note, if you have, if I have a chance soon, I definitely want to re-listen. I'm sure the book hits differently after the 2020 election and all the stuff that has since come to light about the Prince Harry-Meghan situation. Yeah, in, indeed. Um, yeah, and that's good to know. I'm, I, um, cause the audiobook, I would be interested cause there's a lot of description, which like we said, I liked cause her writing is really good, but, um. I wonder if I would get bogged down by that in an audiobook. Well, there was a lot of, um, here's where I would have a problem with an audiobook is because there's a lot of text, emails, headlines. Yeah. And, and the way it's written in the book, you can tell exactly what it is and what's going on. And you can skip all the email addresses and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, for example, um, when he figures out who leaked the, or who, who, you know, sent them yeah. the email dump from the other candidate and um there's a little code message there's a little code message in there and he was able to figure out who it was which no surprise but um <laughs> you know I, i'm not sure how they would translate that yeah. on an audiobook yeah interesting um Jessica, different Jessica, says, I loved this book so much. I even got a non-romance readers, uh, I even got non-romance readers to give it a try and they liked it too. I loved so much about this book, but I think the way the emails and texts are part of the story is so well done. It is almost a modern take on an epistolatory romance and I loved it. I thought quoting love letters from historical figures was such a charming touch. Loved it. Agree. Um, yes, agree. Uh, Jen says, I adore this book. I think it's one of my most listened to audiobooks. I love Alex and Henry watching the enemies to lovers tropes with them was 
fun. The first half of this book always has me grinning so wide my face hurts. Alex's sexual identity crisis had me cracking up. <laughs> Everyone knew he was crushing on Henry but him. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Um, the banter is so great in this book. Add to that the snarky text, the swoony emails, the amazing speeches, and the turkey incident. The book has it all. The side characters were all so much fun. Nora, June, Pez, B. I love them all. I can't choose a favorite. This was my favorite read for 2019. Um... Agree. All of that stuff was great. Yeah, the turkey was funny. The turkey was funny. <laughs> He's like, are you really calling me at three in the morning? <laughs> um, Shelby says, I love this book so much. It's one of my comfort reads. I love all the characters, especially the White House crew. I'm from Texas, and it's always fun for me to see characters from Texas who aren't cowboys, because I feel like that's all we ever get. It's one of my go-to recommendations for people wanting a starter romance. So especially not all you get in Austin. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you don't get many cowboys in Austin. Um, Jennifer says, I adore this book. I've read it several times now, but this latest reread is the first Prince, uh, is the first since Prince Harry and Meghan left England and did the Oprah interview. While I loved the book previously, I thought the scene with the queen was kind of overly harsh, but now I don't. And I'm, <laughs> I'm so very, very glad that both Henry and Harry have escaped. The top things I love, Alex's self-realization that he's bisexual, especially his conversation with Nora and his memories of Liam. Yes, great the president's powerpoint pez the humor so many funny scenes and lines the writing is so good i gush about this book to everyone i know my only two criticisms i do wish the author had aged up alex a little 22 feels so young to me especially since they're basically engaged at the end uh they call it courtship an official suitor but i only remember harry and megan taking formal photos photos once they were engaged Anyway, if Alex was graduating law school instead of college, he could have still had a crisis about whether to go straight into politics or into practicing law first. Second criticism, I didn't care at all about the Senator Luna subplot. But overall, one of my favorite books. I love Alex's character so much. I hope you both enjoyed the book, too. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with that, especially... Well, yeah. like I said, I kept forgetting how young they were. Um you know so yeah i i think i mean i'm I, not gonna judge anyone on getting engaged at yeah mom can't 22. do that um <laughs> but i think i think she probably in part did it so that it still made s sense for why alex was still living at the white house at the white house i mean i think you could have explained that away if he was still a little bit older or june but, was older and she was still living there yeah yeah so I don't know. Um, but I don't just... I don't know. I think if I was, you know, an adult child and didn't have anywhere else to live and my parents lived in the White House, I might hook that up. <laughs> just be like, I'll just go crash at mom's place. <laughs> yeah, I She's mean, got some extra rooms. I Listen, I'm not judging on that because <laughs> I'm in my 30s living with my parents. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I can agree that... 22 feels kind of young to be like engaged well it might also explain why he's just figuring all this out right now in his life i mean if he was older yeah you, that's you, true you might think you think he would have figured this out you know if he's 28 yeah you would have thought that that was something well, maybe he figured not out necessarily when... though there's yeah. a lot of people that i understand but it just yeah anyway um Okay, finally we have Ruthie who saw who says, 
Wow, what a great book. I finally finished last night. First of all, since I realized reading the author's note, she had started it before 2016, it felt like this crazy, wonderful alternate reality we could have had. (laughs) Yeah, Eh, probably not. (laughs) I don't know if we're all ready for this yet. (laughs) I, I think we are. It's just that, you know, I don't necessarily know that Harry swings that way, I guess, is more where I think. Well, it's an alternate. I know, but... Okay, whatever. I get it. I get it. Um, I get what you're saying. Ruthie continues. One big moment for me was when Alex's mom did the real I'm your mom, not the president speech. It was everything. I want to be that mom one day for my kids. Their emails and group chats and texts were a great way to take the third person narrative and bring it to the first person. Ruthie, shout out. Like I said, I would shout you out when we got to that comment. Um... I'm going to say I had lots of thoughts while reading their emails, while enjoying their beauty, that, hmm, if someone sees this, then what happens? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I knew they were going to leak. I didn't know that they were all going to leak. The one I felt worse about is where he, like, spilled his life story and told all yeah. about B and everything. And, yeah. his, and, and his mom. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Ruthie continues, because Google knows everything, y'all. I write an argumentative email to my husband and Google ads pop up for marriage counseling. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, mom and I will be, like, on the phone talking, like, not even doing Google searches. On the phone talking about blow dryers or whatever we would be talking about. And then I would start getting all these ads, Facebook ads for blow dryers. And I'm like... What the hell, man? Well, there were things, there are things that I've read about in some of our books. And then I thought, I might need to look up what that is. (laughs) And then I'm always worried about what Facebook ads I'm going to end up getting. Just, you know, make things more interesting. Um, (laughs) Ruthie continues, but it made for a truly amazing angsty climax. Best winning moments, Henry's kiss and Alex's fight to confront him and kiss him back. Yeah. All their declarations of love. And I love books that revisit first meetings from new perspectives. So hearing how Henry admired and desired him when Alex thought he hated him was so satisfying. Ruthie. That is very interesting because I did not think about that as a trope, but when you said that, when I read that the first time, I was like, yeah, I dig that as a trope too. I love that. Like, yeah. and I think that's part of why I love Brother's Best Friend is because it's kind of like revis- all this time. Now you have to go back and look at all the interactions you've had yeah, with yeah. a with a different light. Yes. I love I like that. So, <laughs> I'm I'm with you, Ruthie. Um, she continues, and when everything exploded, this thought of Alex about Henry, God, Henry, all he can think about is Henry's big blue eyes looking terrified, Henry's breathing coming shallow and quick, locked in his bedroom in Kensington Palace and desperately alone. To have someone understand and feel me so deeply, well, it sounds pretty magical. Yes. The writing was amazing. All the imagery was striking. There was an excerpt at the back of my book of one last stop, and I placed it on hold at my library. Great wreck, guys. I'm so happy to have read it. My uh, male-male experience is light and basically includes Serena Bowen, L. Kennedy's Him, Us, and the amazing arc in the BDB, J.R. Ward, uh, Blood Dagger, Blood Dagger Brotherhood. What was it? Oh, it was the dark lover. Dark, dark lover. Dark lover. <laughs> um, yeah, I know what you mean. Because uh, I read a it's, lot of those. Um, yeah. I don't remember. It's something 
Blood and something Brotherhood. Um, anyway, those books by J.R. Ward, books culminating in book 11, but I'm always happy when I read it. I uh, just never go looking, so thank you. Um, First of all, also, wait, stop for just a minute. If she hasn't read Boyfriend Material, you need to read Boyfriend Yeah, Material. you do need to read. We loved Boyfriend Material, Ruthie. Um, she continues, also there's a really good miniseries or limited series called Political, Political Animals Circa 2012 with Sigourney Weaver and Sebastian Stan. It doesn't have the gorgeous romance like this book, but does have all the feels and I kept thinking of it. Sebastian Stan, you say? Hmm. Tell me more. I am intrigued. Yeah. He's a babe. Um... Okay, so that's what everybody thought of the book. So general, just love, love fest. Yes, and I'm I'm there with you guys. I loved it. I loved it too. It was a great time and super romantic and swoony and sweet and loved all the characters, and yeah, feel feel good. Yes, feel good feel, romance. Feel good read. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, any final thoughts from you? Um, no, I loved it too. Okay, cool. So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, our subreddit, Not Your Mom's subreddit, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to just suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On June 28th, we will be discussing the cinematic masterpiece <laughs> that is girls just want to have fun it's streaming on hulu and amazon prime so go check it out and watch it with us and how many academy awards did it win so many it's hard to keep track i mean i think for hair and costume and like the crap that they put in helen hunt's hair that should have gotten an academy award just saying um, remember you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're so welcome, Ellen. Oh my gosh, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.